0: Young people especially, they want opportunities to serve. They look for opportunities to serve. It's becoming part of the fabric of our culture in many ways. And so I'm just excited about, you know, trying to find diverse, new, fun things to do that are gonna make a difference in the local community, it's gonna make a difference for us, and it's gonna make a difference for the world.
1: If you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance that you are among the most fortunate people anywhere. We have an opportunity, perhaps you might even say a responsibility, to spread our good fortune to others. Making acts of service a part of your organization's culture can impact your communities and can also build community among your own team. For many years, J. Brad Britton has set the example as a servant leader. And in this conversation, he shares examples of how a company can lead the way in impacting others around them. My hope is that everyone listening can implement these concepts where you work or where you live. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector Experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. We have a special episode today, a little something different. We have a repeat guest, Mr. J. Brad Britton on, and we are gonna talk about the Cutco Cares World Impact Initiative. Jay Brad is a division manager in Southern California, Southland Division, one of the top organizations in the entire company. He is a company legend, over $270 million in business. He's been responsible for over the years, over 30 year veteran of the Cutco Vector business, When he was featured here on the podcast, his episode was called, To Be a Great Leader, First Be a Good Person. And Brad is an amazing example of exactly that. He gives back in so many ways in his community and outside his community. He created the Cutco Cares World Impact Initiative, which we're going to talk about a little bit today. We're also going to talk a little bit about how your company, whether it's Cutco or somewhere else, can leverage philanthropic efforts as a way to impact the world, and to build community in your own organization. So, J. Brad Britton, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much for making time once again.
0: Thank you, Dan. I definitely uh, am excited to share about Cutco Cares. This is something that uh, is very meaningful to me and I think meaningful to a lot of people who participated and can uh, hopefully be an inspiration to lots of folks doing lots of things.
1: Yeah, outstanding. Well, let's uh, talk about, first of all, how was the seed planted for this in your own mind many years ago
0: okay yeah that's a that 's a really good question, and you know it happened a lot of it by accident, like I think a lot of you know, inspirational things sometimes uh, sometimes do and it was two thousand and two right around there I was at as a region manager with Cutco we got an invitation to go one year to the Direct Selling Association National or International Convention. It was in Florida, I think, and a lot of really great things went on there. And, you know, I really got a, a better understanding of the industry. And one of the things that really impacted me was they had an award that they awarded to one company who was doing something great in the world, right? A social program. Uh, I don't even remember what company won. I don't remember uh, what their project was necessarily. I just remember thinking, wow, this is really awesome. And Vector needs to win this, right? Or Cutco needs to win this, right? I just had this thought that we're good people. In fact, we're—I'm a little bit biased. I'm, we probably have bigger hearts and care more about others than any of these other companies do. That should be Cutco someday, right? And that's kind of where it just started. Now, nothing really manifests from that. You know, it's not like I—I I made a decision right then that I was going to be a guy that was going to do something. But it was always there. You know, just that that little seed that was planted. And probably when it comes uh, down to it, that's really where I think uh, uh, the beginning could be, could be said to have happened.
1: Yeah. Now you have had, after that, a lot of your own key experiences in mm-hmm. uh, you know doing charitable deeds and, and projects, uh, you know both at home and throughout the world. Yeah. Can, you, can you talk a little bit about some of your own projects?
0: Okay. Yeah. Dan, I love telling stories and sharing about some of my experiences. Chronologically, I'll try to put it in perspective, it started off really small for me. It was just basically donating some funds to people, uh, groups from my church. There's two different types of trips we did. One was to Tijuana, Mexico, which is not far for us. There were some uh, some different orphanages there that, that our groups would visit. Uh, and then there was uh, these bigger trips to Africa, to Malawi, which is one of the third poorest countries in the world, at least at the time it was, it may still be. And was really great you know to we would send people off with a kind of a ceremony they would come back with pictures and tell stories and you know it was really compelling and moving but i just never felt like i had the time you know to do it and then i did uh was able to squeeze in like a saturday or two here and there to go down to tijuana just like a one-day trip and what i observed there of course we would deliver christmas gifts you know to these children in this orphanage and it was great for the kids but my biggest observation was how it changed us the people that were going and doing the serving. Uh, we were really being served just as much as we were serving. Uh, the conversations on the r- return trip were way very different than the conversations on the trips there. And it was really interesting how much closer we felt as, as people, uh, as friends, uh, having shared that experience. So that was a really interesting uh, observation that I made. Then when I took a leave of absence from Vector, I was able to take some of the uh, the longer trips. They always happen in the summer so I never really felt like I could do that. But I had my 9 years, you know, where I wasn't officially working for Vector, I was still involved and you know, kept a lot of contact with people, but during that time I was able to take three different trips to uh, to Africa that are, you know, 2 to 3 weeks long, uh, and also several trips down to uh, Mexico, not only with our church but also with Rotary Club International. I was able to get involved with the Rotary very consistently during that time as well. And the trips to Africa were t- tremendous. I mean, I'm telling you that, that I, I witnessed things that were nothing less than miracles in my mind. The children, just the contentment that they had with, with nothing, you know, a tennis ball became a treasure to them. Then we would give them an empty water bottle that we would just throw away here or recycle. And they would take this and it would be like a very valuable treasure. They would flatten them out often. And then they would, uh, they would get vines from the forest or from the jungle and they would wrap it around the top of their feet and they would make sandals uh, and the bottom of these sandals were empty water bottles flattened out and they were so so proud of these kinds of things Uh, it was just really remarkable and i just noticed that their the kid the children even though they didn't really have anything they were very content you know they were my observation is uh, uh, someone who's, who's you know 10 years old there far happier than a 10 year old here in the united states you know 10 years I'm stereotyping, but you know they get bored very easily. You know, five minutes of not being entertained—it's like I'm bored, right? But I never, I never got that from the children there. And so, what I wanted to do is, I wanted to take my daughter. I wanted to take Madison on one of these trips. And when she was 14, we ended up taking a trip for a few weeks to Malawi with her, one of her best friends, and her and me, just the three of us. And we were visiting a friend of ours who had retired. from being a fireman and he and his wife and daughter had moved to Malawi, Africa. They were living in one of the remote villages and, you know, there's you know, just mud huts, you know, is what these people would live in. And we started a charity called Annie's Closet, right? And this was basically us providing clothing and blankets and soap and things like that and shoes to the children there. The, the clothes that the children would wear there would be like fourth, fifth, sixth generation hand-me-downs and they were threadbare and that's the, like, like the th- only clothes that they own like one set of clothes really remarkable in fact i would encourage anybody who has even a little bit of interest in this to go to the blog the la- uh, blogged all the trips the first two trips the blog got d- disappeared because i was using a service that went away but this this last blog that i put, put up is still there it's called the malawi blog.com right literally the malawi blog.com and I happen to be very proud of a lot of the photos and things that are there. And you'll see some of these things that I'm describing. But one of the things we did on that trip is we followed up on uh, some projects that were being sponsored by some Rotary clubs here in uh, San Diego. One of the projects or the main project really was a bridge project. And we visited uh, the, the Rotary International weekly meetings, two different ones there in Blantyre, Malawi. And we were able to go to the ceremony where they were commemorating this bridge they were just finishing. Now you might think, okay, a bridge, that's, that's great. We built a bridge, right? Well, let me try to put this in perspective. It's a, it's a small bridge, 50 feet long, maybe it's wide enough for a car, but mostly it's a footbridge. And you wouldn't begin to fathom the significance of a bridge uh, to certain areas. This particular area, there was a village. That uh, was kind of cut off from any other quote civilization. I mean, not not like we would think civilization, but any medical facility or or anything like that, or even the school that was there locally. They had to cross this stream to get to this school or to get to any anywhere. Uh, but during the rainy season, this stream would turn into a gushing, uh, you know, almost like a rapids. And there were literally children on their way to school sometimes that would slip or fall and be swept away and, and literally be swept away to their death because there was no bridge. And so this bridge had this incredible impact. And think about the implications for, for uh, medical emergencies. You know, so a woman's trying to need time to have a baby and it happens to be that it just rained recently. They can't get to any, any type of medical facility. So when we went to this, this ceremony that, existed for commemorating this bridge was very elaborate especially for their uh, hundreds of people the the governor of the area all the chiefs of the of the villages they'd be like the mayors here but they they all the villages have chiefs and just this huge ceremony with singing and dancing i mean it was really really spectacular and um something that uh, i will you know i'll certainly never forget And uh, that's, for me, really, Dan, that's kind of how it all started, is these these trips to Mexico, these trips to Africa, and just observing the help we give to the people that that are there, but also the impact on us, you know, the impact on the people that that were doing this serving, so to speak, really had an impact on me.
1: That's really cool, Brad. So you had these opportunities, and uh, over this time, uh, ideas were being hatched on, you know, ways you could bring this more into your own world. I know that during this time also you had a chance to you, you stayed pretty close to the Cutco community and you had a chance to observe some different groups in Cutco that were doing some cool things. Can you tell us some of the ones that were inspirations to you?
0: Oh yeah, well there's a few standouts, you know, and anyone that's uh, involved in the Cutco world this these won't be they'll be familiar with these things. One of the first ones, well I don't know which was first, but uh, Angels Wings International is really had very big impact. Andy Janti, I believe, started it along with, I mean, gosh, Kathy Christian and scads of CSPs and managers that went to Haiti to build a medical facility, which is one of the things that our project, when we went to Malawi, we did, we built some buildings in a medical building. And that was, uh, you know, highly impactful for, of course, the community in Haiti and then for the people that, that went. John Vroman, who started the Front Row Foundation. You know, the, I love this whole story of uh, living life in the front row, but then this charity, which is similar to Make a Wish Foundation, is kind of how I compare it, helping people with terminal illnesses. And then even uh, what Micah Bramowitz did, I really was inspired by Micah Bramowitz doing uh, the uh, the PB and J uh, USA, you know, just the making the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And I thought, wow, that's really terrific. And I bet my people would like to do that. And it took longer than I wanted to, but we organized a a one day thing, found a local uh, area that had you know a homeless community and. Yeah, you know, we made I don't know five hundred peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or something like that, and we had a couple of dozen volunteers, about a dozen volunteers, and then we made them, and then we went out and passed them out, and it was very meaningful, you know. And people uh, people enjoy doing it. That's the thing of it: people, young people especially, they want opportunities to serve. They look for opportunities to serve. It's becoming part of the you know the fabric of our culture in many ways. Yeah, that's
1: great. So now, how did the Cutco cares? Projects start.
0: Okay. Once again, it was kind of by accident. The first real thing we did with Cutco specifically was in Rome. And this wasn't, this was a very unofficial thing. It wasn't even, we wouldn't even call it Cutco Cares. You were there, Dan. We went to a dinner, division managers from the Western region. And we had this amazing spread. Food was really great. And, but we had way too much food. And we had so much food left over, we could have fed ourselves two times over. Right. And it was overkill when it came to all this stuff. And, we were looking at we're getting ready to leave and I'm pretty sure it was my wife, Paulette, she said, Look at all this food here. We at least it would be really a shame to let this go to waste when there's so many people just out within, you know, a few hundred yards of here that are living on the street, you know. And you know, we all seen the homeless homeless people, you know, walking around the streets of Rome. You know, it's not like a huge problem, but they're there. And so we bagged up all that food and we just gave each couple got a got a bag of of, uh, of, uh, food and we, you know, just handed it off. We just all went around and found a homeless person. We just handed it off to the, to the homeless people. And the thing is, that was the thing that the rest of that trip, that all those people talked about the most, more than visiting the Coliseum, you know, more than all these other things, all of those things were amazing. And then even for several weeks or even months afterwards, that's the thing that was, was talked about more than anything else. Right. And I just found that quite interesting. Then uh, the next year, I believe, we end up going to the Czech Republic. And it just so happened that my mom had done a volunteer trip in Panama with some people. And this fella now was doing work at a private school in the Czech Republic, and they needed supplies. All right? So Paulette and I, only about two or three weeks before the trip, we just sent an email to some people and said, hey, we're going to be delivering some school supplies to this school, you know, or If you'd be interested in donating, here's a list of the type of of things that they need. And so some people brought us some school supplies, pencils and notebooks and different things. Some people just said, hey, here's some money. I remember a few people just handing us some money. And then Paulette and I went and we toured this school and we donated these supplies and this money. And it was really great. And when we got back, people asked us, what did you do today? And we told them and they're like, we would have wanted to do that. We'd have loved to go to, to see that. That would have been terrific. You know, and I think people love seeing the touristy things that we always see but i think trying to learn and find out about the real area like what's really going on in a, in a town not stuff that normal tourists would do something different and it that kind of stood out to me and it was like wow you know that maybe we should have you know made it a more official thing then the next year was costa rica we've got that uh, really good contact uh, there with uh, david corridor who was a district manager. And I said, Hey, we're trying to think about this. And I just kind of floated the idea and he turned me onto to this uh, place called Sepia. And when a and I went down there for a visit, uh, we visited our friend and we, we visited this place and we were like, Oh, this would be our people vector. People would thrive just visiting a place like this. And man, they really need finances and we could really make a difference here. And so we organized the first official trip. Right. And you know, there was, Questions around what was going to happen and was it going to be safe? And I understand all of that. And I made it a point to make sure that you know, it was going to be safe and all those different things. And uh, we ended up taking a, several, a couple of different trips over there, and it was a huge success in my opinion. And I think everybody who participated uh, thought it was really terrific. And some of the executives were there. The Stits uh, have been super supportive of all these things since from that point on. And uh, the Goodmans and, and many many region managers. I remember Lloyd Reagan being on that first one, and I'm going to forget some people, but. That was really great. And then from there, it was like. What, what did everyone do on the Sepia trip, Rat? It's kind of like a boys and girls club, but in a really, really, really low income area, uh, stricken with poverty. We, we played with children, right? Uh, just kind of gave them some love and attention. And uh, we also got, we heard a lecture from the, the lady that's in charge of it. She holds a PhD, I think, from the University of Belgium or something like that in psychology and social work. And she basically gave us a lecture interesting lecture on um, multi-generational poverty, like how hard it is to break out of this was fascinating and people dug it and uh, people came back and it was like, thank you, Brad, for putting this together. And I was like, well, I didn't feel like I had done all that much, but there was some legwork, I guess. And it was, it was very meaningful and rewarding to me. And I knew it was rewarding to all the people that went. And I thought, you know, we, we need to do this we need to do this. This needs to be a thing, right? And so, as we progressed, we went to Munich and we visited a, a, a place for children there. And there was no kids there because of the time of year. But uh, that was a very, I think, a, a great experience for the people that joined us for that. We did some artwork, and once again, some of several the executives in in the Cayman Islands. We, did, the highlight of the Cayman Islands, you were there, Dan, was where we did the YMCA sports camp. You know, and uh, we just played baseball and or softball and all these different games with these kids and. The pictures and the videos were, were just terrific. And so I'm just excited about, you know, trying to find diverse, new, fun things to do that are going to make a difference in the local community. It's going to make a difference for us. And it's going to make a difference for the world. That's a part of our, our, my mission statement, if you will, I have something literally written out, that talks about them, us, and everyone else. Them is the people that we help us is, you know, our souls and our perspective and just our ability to be content and happy in our own lives. But then everyone else, that's all the people out there who don't really know the heart of vector. I want them to see the heart of who we really are, right? And, you know, just to project a little bit, imagine if when vector, when if and when Cutco Cares grows to this thing that's like, I could see someday maybe We having regional Cutco Cares projects on the front end or the back end of a conference of champions or kickoff conference, for example, maybe something around SLC, just totally optional. And I want to stress this too. It's nothing that we we want to force people to do, or we don't even want people to feel like obligated to do. It's not not like that. We go on these trips to, like we're going to Paris soon. And you get the Louvre, you got the Palace of Versailles, you got the Notre Dame, you got all these amazing things to do. I don't want to take anybody from, away from doing any of those things. But if people you know, want to get a feel for some local culture, they want to you know, do, give back to the local community, they want to kind of really understand more about some of the world challenges that are, that are out there that exist, that we're kind of sheltered from here in the United States, I encourage people to do it you know, if they, if they feel like doing it. But to have projects like that that happen regionally once or twice a year. Uh, even like, Dan, when you and I, we did this after a division manager meeting, you, you set up a little project where we went and read to uh, elementary school children. That was great. You know, it was an hour of our time, maybe 90 minutes. And you know the difference it makes for those young people that maybe they don't get a lot of a, a love or affection from home. I don't know what their family lives, or lives are like or anything like that, but the, the fact that somebody cares about them, someone that just, hey, will take the time to, to do that, that can have a profound effect on that kid's, that young person's life, you know, forever. Uh, so it's a big deal. And imagine if when people went to Google Cutco or Google Vector of the top 10 Google searches, eight of them had to do with some kind of charitable project that we're getting amazing public relations publicity from. Imagine what that could actually do for the bottom line. And I don't want to do Cutco Cares for the bottom line, but the bottom line is that when you're doing things that matter and people want to stick around to be a part of it and people see what you're doing. They want to buy more products, they want to work for the company, you know, they have good things to say. I mean, the the impact is, it's tangible, but not, not as measurable, I guess, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that's great, Brad. Now, a lot of these things are happening on Cutco Vector Marketing Company trips. We take these pretty lavish or really first class, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. trips all around the world every year with a lot of our top achievers. And you know, we're lucky enough to be able to be on these trips in these places. And, you know, while we're there, a group of the people that are there, take some time to give back to the local community that's there. Of course, uh, a lot of us in the Cutco Vector organization give back locally as well. Brad mentioned us, you know, reading to a a group of kids that needed help with catching up in their reading. That's an organization called Reading Partners that I Mm. support that's in fourteen. Metros around the United States. Of course, uh, you heard about Front Row Foundation, which is uh, an organization that many Cutco Vector people support. Angel Wings building the clinic in Haiti that many Cutco Vector people support. Mike Abramowitz started PB and J for Tampa Bay, and largely because guys like Brad and Wes Frank in, in Arizona and others began participating in their own communities. You know Mike rebranded that to PB and J for USA, but that's feeding the homeless in a variety of cities around the United States. Um, so there are ways to do these sorts of things locally as well as globally. Brad, just to wrap up, you know if somebody's listening to this who's not in Cutco, how would you recommend that uh, somebody else in any company implement some of these same ideas in order to impact? the world and uh, and to build community in their own organization?
0: I love this question. Uh, I love this question for a lot of reasons, you know, and, and everybody is, we're all in a different spot, you know, uh, something that you and I discussed was whatever someone wants to do, if they think that something like this would be worthwhile, you got to start where you are and look for opportunities. And when you're looking and your eyes are open, you're going to find a lot of it. As I mentioned earlier, it's in the fabric of our culture that, that giving back and, and recognizing people for, you know, social programs, it exists. We're recording this two days after the Super Bowl and just watching the Super Bowl, you know, the things that the NFL was doing uh, in local communities. And there's a couple of different commercials. And then there's the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, which is, I love that. It parallels very much to our Marty Dmitrovich uh, Triple Crown of Service Award. There's so many things like that, and, and they're just out there. There's Habitat for Humanity. You know, you can just do a Google search for volunteer projects in my area, and you can start there. And you know, wherever you are, you start there. And maybe someday you get to the place where you were mentioning Dan Jeff Hoffman. You were mentioning uh, before we started the the recording about uh, Jeff Hoffman, who has a discretionary fund. Right? Correct me if I mess this up. Where he just puts a specific amount of money aside specifically for the people that work for, in his company. Uh, in his organization, to do good things in the community, it's like a profit sharing. It's based on the success of the company. There's more money in there, and they can't spend it on themselves. They have to spend it doing good, giving back some kind of social awareness project or something like that. Mm-hmm. And maybe someday, some of us will own big companies, and we can do that. You know, uh, but uh, the, it runs the gamut from just doing something small, you know, seeing somebody buying Girl Scout cookies to uh, you know donating some money to someone who needs it. I just, when I know I'm going to be in a metropolitan area, I try to keep uh, a bunch of ones and fives in my pocket, you know, cause I know I'm going to see people that are, that are asking for money. And uh, I think I may have mentioned this before, but I give them, I give them a dollar or $5, you know, even though maybe uh, only one out of 20 of them really needs it. Maybe 19 of them are just scamming me, you know, and they're going to go out and buy booze or something. I don't know, but who am I to, to make that decision? And if, it, if one of them really needs it and it makes a massive difference in their life, I'm okay giving $19 to these other people for that one person that really needed, for example, that $1 or that $5 or that 10 or 20 So start where you are and uh, grow it.
1: Yeah. There. Awesome. Awesome, Brad. Well, it's always been inspiring to see you and the, the things that you've done for others. I know that uh, many people, including myself, have drawn a lot of inspiration from that. So thanks for your leadership. Thanks for your inspiration and uh, for what you bring to Cutco and for what you bring to the world. Appreciate Great. it.
0: I appreciate that, man. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. Hope all the listeners enjoy and do something good.
1: That was Jay Brad Britton, everyone. Truly an inspirational leader in our company and beyond the scope of our company. And uh, in truth, these different projects that Brad described that happen on company trips, these are things that Vector Marketing is doing, the marketing arm for Cutco. But our parent, Company, the uh, Cutco Corporation, uh, is of course a uh, hugely philanthropic organization that gives back to its community in the Western New York, Buffalo area, as well as beyond. Uh, We have donated six figure sums in recent years to the Alzheimer's Association, which was through the production and sale of purple colored product, purple colored Cutco. We also donated a six figure sum to the Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center. For a previous project that we had. And there's a variety of other things that Cutco does as well. I have heard Brad over the years say, you know, if we have the ability to help, then we have the responsibility to help. And one of the reasons why that's important is because not everyone has the ability to help. Some people, because of where they are, their situation in life, or, you know, circumstances, they don't have the ability to be able to do these sorts of things to help other people either in their community or on you know, some of the other places that we go. We're lucky enough to be able to go, uh, but we do. If you're listening to this podcast, you likely have a tremendous ability to help other people. And therefore, I'd like to turn that around and say that it, it becomes a responsibility to be able to give back, impact other people in a positive way. Remember the they, us, and everyone else concept that Brad shared, that we can impact you know, other people, the they, in a powerful way, that circles back to impact us in terms of how we feel, the inspiration we feel, the motivation we feel when we're doing good things. And this impacts uh, beyond they or us uh, in terms of other people being able to see what we do and draw inspiration from that, much the same way that Brad drew inspiration from that first DSA conference, from John Vroman and Andy Janti and Mike Abramowitz much the same way that many people are drawing inspiration today from Jay Brad Britton. We all can be sources of inspiration for the rest of the world to do good things and impact people positively. Uh, it builds amazing community in our Cutco Vector organization, and it can do the same for you and whatever groups that you are a part of. Let's all resolve and commit to doing what we can to impact people positively. Thanks for supporting the podcast, everyone. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. And if you want access to today's show notes, including links to any resources mentioned, visit changinglivespodcast.com. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. I'll catch you back here in a few days for our next story about changing lives.